An atheist, a vegan, and a crossfitter walk into a bar. I only know that because they told everyone within two minutes. We talk a fair bit about faith and philosophy and science on this show, and sometimes we're even respectful of those with whom we disagree. Today is not one of those days. I am joined today by Anthony DiStefano, best-selling author of Inside the Atheist Mind, Unmasking the Religion of Those Who Say There Is No God. Anthony has written a number of other books and appeared all over TV poking fun at those insufferable, pseudo-sophisticated atheists we have all been subjected to since 9-11 when we decided to pretend that all religion was evil per se rather than deal explicitly with Islam. We will discuss the nature of atheism, then why people are killing themselves on International Day of Happiness. Facebook uh, is in trouble because conservatives used it better than Democrats, and they're very upset about that. And Google is trying to shut down right-leaning news sites. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Before we get to all of that, before we get to talk about this book, which I have really enjoyed, we have got, we got to make a little money, honey. We have to make a little money with honey, a wonderful advertiser that helps keep the lights on. And not only do they help support the show and keep the lights on, so you should love them. They also help me save money personally. And I've used them for years. And I always thought it was like a cool secret, but now I'm letting the cat out of the bag. This is the easiest thing. It, it isn't even like an advertisement. I'm just I'm just telling you to do it. There's no cost whatsoever, and it will save you money. Millions of people are using Honey to save money while shopping online. Why wouldn't they? It is free. It takes just two clicks to add it to your browser, and it saves you tons of money. It is ingenious. Uh, one of my favorite things about Honey is how much better it makes shopping on Amazon. So I, I use Amazon a lot. Obviously, I've, I've published books on Amazon, and uh, I've had a nice relationship with them before. Uh, Honey magically adds all sorts of useful info right onto the Amazon page of whatever you're looking at. So you can just shop like you normally do, if you're, especially if you're looking for books or Kindle or uh, Audible or whatever. You, you can see it on there. Honey automatically searches the two million sellers on Amazon and finds you the lowest price, even just on that one website. It works everywhere, though. It shows you the item's price changes, so you can decide if you want to buy it or you say, oh, you know, the price is kind of moving down. Maybe I'll wait a little bit. Maybe it's up now. I'll wait until it comes back down. Uh, if you decide to wait, just add it to the Honey drop list. It will notify you if the price drops. When Honey's got your back, you will never overpay for anything on Amazon again. I use these guys all the time. I'm telling you, my stepbrother works in internet ad sales. So he's always kind of on the cutting edge of all of these things. And he told me, I don't know, years ago, he said, you have to add this. And I said, uh, well, what's the catch? He said, uh, it's free money. Okay, but how do I, but how do I use it? I have to, well, you just, you just click it and then it's there and then it's there and it saves you all of this money. Do you remember in the old days, I think this was the early 17th century, you would have to look online and Google different coupon codes and then you'd try one and it doesn't work and then you're like, ah, oh, but it's it set at 80% success rate. Okay, I'll go back. Maybe this one, that's one, 2%, all right, blah, blah, blah. Come, man, come on. It is 2018. Treat yourself. You don't need to, that is too much energy being expended on saving $4. Let it happen automatically with Honey. I really love it. There is no reason not to add Honey to your browser today. It's free. It takes just two clicks to install. It will make sure you always get the lowest price on Amazon. Add Honey to your browser for free right now at joinhoney.com slash covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. -E. Add a little more covfefe to your, to your pocketbook. Joinhoney.com slash covfefe. That is joinhoney.com slash covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. -E. I will begin before we bring our guest on by quoting from an early part of the book. Uh, Anthony writes, quote, 
If you are a militant atheist, this book is not for you. It's about you. This book is also not meant for agnostics who are sincerely searching for the truth. The focus of this book is on those obnoxious and aggressive new atheists who not only reject God, but also wish to evangelize the whole world with their gospel of nothingness. Too many books written in response to these pseudo-intellectual blowhards have been altogether too nice. I like it. You know, some we get a little too nice sometimes. Not exactly subtle. Yesterday, you know, I talked to Jordan Peterson about God and the nature of truth. And I, I asked him, does God exist? I'm not talking about metaphor. I'm not talking about signifier, signified. Is he, does he exist metaphysically and physically or uh, is he just a total fantasy? And Jordan did this little dance and he, he actually admitted, he said, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I'm not going to tell you he does. And I can't, I just don't, you know, he, he was very honest about that. Um, he, he was reluctant to admit what, what I think is the crucial essence of uh, the whole thing he just wrote a book explaining in, in 12 Rules for Life. My guest today is not a victim of such subtlety. Uh, let's bring Anthony on so we can talk about this. Anthony, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. So you, you write this book about the new atheists and the new atheists we all remember. That's Christopher Hitchens, who's right. I actually love his writing, but his points about religion. Me too. Yeah, Me a, lo too. a lot of us do. Because he's such a wonderful wordsmith. And his points about religion are ridiculous. Uh, Richard Dawkins, uh, Daniel Dennett, Sam Harris. I want to know the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. How did these guys crop up and why did they all crop up around the same time in the early 2000s? You know, it's just a question of atheists gaining more power. Once they had more power politically and once they had more power in the media and power in Hollywood, once they had more power, they reared their ugly heads. But this is nothing new. Uh, this kind of rabid uh, anti-God rhetoric has gone right back to the days of Nietzsche and uh, all those uh, existential atheists of the 19th century. But they got some power now and they, they, they were able to uh, get a little, uh, a little brave. I think they had an opening too. I agree with Andrew Clavin on this point who observes it all happened after 9-11 and 9-11 presented us with this problem, which is that clearly at least one religion has a big problem to deal with. And there were, there were two options for the West. Either we could deal with Islam and say this religion specifically has a problem, uh, or we could say, oh, it's just all, yeah, just God in general, just all religion. It's, it's no, eh, we don't like it. And there was this combination, which you write about, of arrogance and ignorance. Uh, you, you talk about the arrogance of the new atheists, then you write about their ignorance. Mark Twain wrote, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble, it's what you know for sure that just ain't so. And I've always found that intellectual snobbery has been an effective tool against the frivolous arguments of the new atheists, because they're, they think they're intellectuals, but they're not, they're really middle brow. How can guys as credentialed as they are, Daniel Dennett, uh, Richard Dawkins, how can they be so ignorant? How have they missed so much historical and philosophical education? Well, they want to miss it. That's what it really comes down to. Uh, the a atheism really is a kind of a faith. It's not just ignorance. Uh, it's, uh, it's a faith with its a whole system of beliefs, really, a system with its own uh, philosophy, uh, materialism, its own uh, uh, culture, secularism, its own uh, politics, social Darwinism, its own morality, relativism. It's, it's even got its own sacraments, abortion right. and euthanasia. So it's a whole – once you understand that it's a faith system, then, then their, their arrogance and the, 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 the evangelistic quality 
of their writing. And there, there are sense. so many versions of this. Everybody's got to serve somebody. And so the environmentalists have uh, the original sin of pollution and they have uh, the sacrament of, uh, they, they, they sell indulgences in the form of those carbon tax credits, don't they? They're, in certain versions of intersectionality, there's the original sin of privilege. There is, there's actually the Gnostic metaphysics of transgenderism. I am, I appear to be a man, but the flesh is evil and really metaphysically I'm a woman. Uh, you, you see all of these sorts of things crop up all of the time. Uh, atheists, they pull away when you say that their religion is a faith. Uh, how, how can we convince them of this point? Well, it, the faith is just believing something that you can't mathematically prove. That's all faith is. And, faith, and atheists take so many things on faith. They believe that everything came from nothing. Well, that's, you can't prove that scientifically. They believe that this, this amazing universe of ours of incomparable beauty, harmony, and order came about by itself. That, that's, that's faith. Uh, they, they're trapped into this whole materialist worldview where everything has to do with atoms and molecules. You know, all our hopes and dreams and desires, all our art and culture and uh, history, all, all our deepest desire for everything that's good and beautiful and true, all that to them is just the, due to the random movement of molecules. That's not, that's not science. That's faith. What's more, that's an irrational faith that's the basis for all superstition. So they have a faith. They must be called out on this point because this faith that they have has been, resp is it been responsible for more bloodshed and carnage than any system of beliefs the world has ever and, known. And really in service of the faith. There, I've always liked the definition that faith is the, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. And ha how better to describe uh, the utopian political goals of the left. The, the idea that, yeah, you got to crack some eggs to make an omelet. We're just going to kill a few more million people, but then we'll have world peace. Then we'll have prosperity. Then we'll have equality or tolerance or whatever you say about this. You push back on the point. All of the new atheists say that uh, religion and God have caused all of the wars in the world. You say that that isn't true at all. Oh my goodness. It's, it's an incontrovertible fact that it's not true, and the opposite is true. Atheists have caused more war and bloodshed than anyone. Uh, if you look at Philip Axelrod's monumental uh, encyclopedia of war, he cataloged all the wars from 8,000 BC onto today, and he found that 6.98% of them were due to religious causes. And if you eliminate Islam from that equation, uh, only Christ Christianity is only uh, responsible for 3.2%. So you're talking 96% of all the wars in this planet were due to other reasons, like economic gain, territorial gain, uh, uh, civil war, revolutionary war. Those are the reasons for war. And if you look at the last hundred years alone, you'll see that atheist regimes like Stalin and Mao Zedong and Pol Pot, and yes, Adolf Hitler, because he was an atheist, are responsible for 150 million murders, 150 million deaths. That is incontrovertible fact. And they don't want to look at that, though, because it because it, uh, it, it it's so obvious. So yeah, they and they're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't because it, uh, speaking of Hitler's religion, I think we're going to hopefully do an interview. There's a good book out on Hitler's religion. A lot of people uh, would like to pretend it was Christianity, but there's no, there a lot of evidence that that wasn't even close to the case. But of course, if atheism is a faith, then I suppose we can say all of the wars of the world are religious. But of, but if we're talking about Christianity, if we're talking about the, the religions of the West, then uh, certainly that cannot be the case. And the 20th century is all of the evidence we need for that. Uh, Sam Harris uh, said, oh, you, I've got, um, you know, before we keep talking about Sam, we got to make some more money. We, uh, we have to. Listen, because this... Uh, 
it, it is very important to uh, prosper. My religion tells me that to him who has much more will be given to him who has not very much, even the little which he has will be taken away. I want to be the profitable servant. I want to take care of the talents in that wonderful parable of the hedge fund managers. And so we need to thank another sponsor. This of course is spe- speaking of the parable of the, the good servant and the, the uh, talents, House Call Pro. This is a great way to run your business. This, everybody's got to make some money. You can't just bury your talents underground and then uh, forget about it and then get thrown where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You uh, need, This service is so good. It is so 21st century. It revolutionizes uh, service businesses. So do you own a, a service business? Are you using pen and paper? Are you constantly chasing down payments from your customers? Are you, you might be chasing me down. I never pay those things when you try to send the invoice or whatever. Have you missed out on a job because you're away from your phone? In a mobile-centric world, wouldn't it be amazing to handle all of your business from your phone and always have access to your customer history no matter where you are? Of course it would. Uh, I've got to tell you about House Call Pro. Now, uh, for instance, my uncle uh, has his own business. He does hardwood floors, Buffs hardwood floors. Uh, for a living. And it could be very, you know, very complicated. You got to call, then you got to send this, you got to put this in the mail. You got to, if I'm going to be late, I got to, how do you let this person know? It it, it gets complicated, especially if, if you're the business, especially if you, you know, it's a small business, you're doing it yourself, you have a few employees. House Call Pro is designed for any service business. There's an easy to use app. Uh, you'll get more time with your family more time doing the things you love. It's voted the number one software to run your business on the go. It saves time and it organizes your business for you. Uh, It's good for any business that provides a home service, uh, plumbing, carpet cleaning, uh, HVAC, electricians, any of those businesses which like keep all of society going. Uh, Finally, here's a solution to help you run that much more efficiently. Uh, It can do scheduling and dispatching. It will send customers SMS, text message updates through the entire process. There's online booking, there's payment processing. Come on, give yourself a break. Don't take this off your hands. You don't need to worry about that. Even just the mental anxiety and the exhaustion of, oh, did I send it to this and blah, blah, blah. Forget, get rid of all that. If you are ready to get your service business organized and streamlined with your customers, go to housecallpro.com slash covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. Tell them the Michael Knowles show sent you. You have to do that. Real, I mean, you'll save some money, mostly so that we get credit for that and we keep the lights on in here. But tell them the Michael Knowles Show sent you, they will waive your $99 activation fee. You'll save $100. Uh, ben won't throw me out on the street this week. I'll get another week in it before he tosses me out and throws a leftist ears tumbler at my head. Uh, go to housecallpro.com slash covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. Back to these crazy atheists. Sam Harris said that if he could rid the world of rape or religion, he would choose religion. Christopher Hitchens said that all faith claims are equally rotten, false, dishonest, corrupt, humorless, and dangerous. Everything from that friendly Unitarian down the street to the axe-wielding jihadi. Sam Harris said some propositions are so dangerous that it may even be ethical to kill people for believing them. Why are the new atheists so fanatically intolerant, to borrow a buzzword? Well, it goes back to what we just were talking about. It's a faith. It's a religion. Every bit as evangelical and as driven as, as, as Islamic fundamentalism. Uh, there, there, there's a saying that uh, uh, atheism is a religion uh, with two doctrines. Uh, one, there is no God, and two, I hate him. Uh, so, and... 
the you know psychologically it might just be that misery loves company you know these people are basically miserably unhappy and cynical and and like all miserably unhappy people they want the rest of us to be as unhappy and hopeless as they are and the other the other point is that something that peter hitchens who, which is who is christopher yeah, yeah. hitchens brother he made this he believed in god and he said why in the world would these atheists choose to believe in this cosmic car crash where nothing means anything where they don't where nothing has any value the reason is because they don't want anything to have any transcendent transcendent values. They want everything to just uh, be centered around themselves. They worship themselves, and anything that gets in the way of that worship of themselves, they're against. And and theology, Christian theology, is a, a, a it's the number It's funny one enemy. because today is International Day of Happiness. This was something founded by the UN about five years ago, and yet according to a UN study. Uh, happiness is at a 10-year low in America, and uh, suicide rates are skyrocketing among various demographics, not yes. just among middle-aged men who comprise um, or constitute most suicides in the country. Uh, the the m- question of happiness is a strange one when it comes to atheism because uh, C.S. Lewis wrote, if you look for truth, you might find comfort in the end, but if you look for comfort, you'll find neither truth nor comfort, only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin, and in the end, despair. It seems that we're looking for the happiness, but we're not, uh, we're not acknowledging the truth that will uh, create that happiness. And to your point, Norm MacDonald, the great philosopher, but really the great, greatest stand-up comedian of our, uh, of our age, Norm says he doesn't believe they're atheists, because like you don't, if you don't think something is real, you don't spend your entire life talking about it. You know, I don't spend like, I don't spend my whole life talking about dragons or something. I don't, I don't, I don't spend any time on that. Uh, to this point, say what you will about atheism. At least the worldview is clear. You know, uh, Dr. Johnson famously remarked, all shallows are clear. Benighted atheists, totally ignorant of whole categories of thought, millennia of intellectual history. They hurl out these varied, frivolous objections to the existence of God. You quote Vincent Bugliosi by observing, atheism is nothing, really nothing, but a sorry litany of non sequiturs. So I want to ask, maybe the only nice thing we can say about atheists all day and atheistic philosophy, is there a coherent atheism? Does anybody posit a coherent atheism? And if so, whose? Uh, not not recently. If you want coherent atheism, you have to go back to Nietzsche and Camus and all of those older atheists who in many ways were much braver and more intelligent than today's kind of sappy atheists who sort of play at atheism. Those atheists knew how to take the logical implications of their thinking all the way forward. They knew that that if you didn't believe in God, then there was no such thing as good and evil. You had to go beyond good and evil. They knew there was not, no such thing as the dignity of the human person and that human beings could be used and that the only philosophy was one of strength. Those atheists, and, the, and those atheists, to their credit, said life is absurd and unhappy, and so therefore we have to assert ourselves boldly and assert our will and be brave in the face of this absurdity and tragedy. Today's atheists, this, these milquetoast cowards, are just, uh, they, 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 they just say, oh, you don't believe in God and, and everything is just, we could be just as That's nice as you That's an excellent point. Okay. Say what you will about Nietzsche, but, but at least he had the decency to die a madman. He, he denied the logic yes. of the universe and he, and he <laughs> lived uh, through those results. Uh, the, the same is true. I know uh, Drew talks about the Marquis de Sade as a coherent atheist, the guy that we get sadism from. It, what he writes about is totally coherent and it's horrifying. <laughs> and people would say, no, no, thank you. I don't want any of that. Uh, 
this does get, it, the, the cowardliness of this new atheism that wants all the good stuff, all the good fruits of uh, Christianity, but it just doesn't want that pesky belief, uh, that belief in God or anything like that. Uh, in your sixth chapter, the thesis is that you can't practice vice virtuously. And uh, this is a compelling argument of atheists, I think. This is the compelling argument. Oh, the moral law couldn't possibly prohibit days-long drug-fueled orgies because I really like those things. So I don't, it couldn't possibly be immoral or something like that. Uh, you write, quote, if you're a habitual thief, then it's safe to assume that you are not going to be a very faithful person either. It's just a ridiculous Hollywood fantasy to think that someone who sells drugs for a living is also going to be a model citizen and demonstrate heroic virtue in his personal life. How much atheist thought of these new kinds, these sentimental, saccharine, do-whatever-we-want kinds, how much atheist thought is really not intellectual at all, but just a way of rationalizing our debauched and decadent behavior? Oh, 80 to 90 to 99 percent of it. They don't have any rational arguments. They have a complete mystery. Where did everything come from? They cannot prove anything. They cannot prove their position logically or scientifically. Uh, so, so, so they're reduced to making to, to yelling and screaming. Even my book, which came out just today, I had one article online. And if you look on Amazon or at these uh, or on Fox online, you'll see hundreds of comments against me yelling, screaming that I'm the worst person who ever lived. No arguments. There's no rational arguments about God or about anything I said about history or the murderer, murder, atheist murderers. They're just mad at me. They're throwing a temper tantrum, I, and that's what they do. They're little <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bullies. I do like your article today calls them bullies. And I do like when I looked on the Amazon a link because I said, oh, let's see how this book is going to be. And it's got all like zero star reviews. And I thought, oh gosh, this is going to be a tough morning. I'm going to have to slog through this book. Then I realized that nobody had read the book. It was all just these. That's right. It just came out. It just came out. How'd they get it, was, it? It was a pleasant surprise. I got to, with my, my coffee, I got to think, oh, that's pretty, pretty nice. Actually. I really am learning something and enjoying it. Uh, on, on this final point, the atheism as a faith, the faith perhaps that requires the biggest leap of faith at all. Uh, you know, the, the book makes a good argument. It's a whole system of beliefs based on undemonstrable axioms. It forces you to deny just about every aspect of our experience of the world, truth, beauty, reason. You know, it's all just nothing. It's all a fantasy. What I want to know is, is atheism the fastest growing religion or is it dying out? Both. Okay, in the West, it's growing fast. Okay, uh, the fact the those who consider themselves atheists or religiously unaffiliated account for up to a quarter of the population today. And in Europe, they're like in second place. Uh, on the other hand, though, on the other hand, in places like Africa and uh, the in Asia, China and Russia, Christianity is growing in an incredible, incredibly fast clip. So Christianity is actually outpacing atheism, even though in the West, atheism is doing better. And it, it must lose in the end because it's the religion of atheism is the religion of hopelessness. No matter what they claim, it's the religion of hopelessness and despair. People need more. It just doesn't have the stuff of happiness. And so in the Especially end, if we want to celebrate the International Day of Happiness. That's absolutely right. I, I really like it. I, I do recommend reading it because uh, this book, you read so many books and they, try, they say, oh, you can't, you've got to be polite. Oh, you know, everyone has, every idea is worthwhile. Oh, every, and you say like, no, guys, the emperor has no clothes. This is a terrible philosophy. It's stupid. It's based on nothing. And it will make you miserable, <laughs> which I, I love the bluntness. 
and they're nasty and they're nasty to us all the time. Look at all the billboards. Look at all the blogs. We, we have to. We're not punching bags. Got to punch bags sometime. Even Jesus threw the money changes out of the temple and got I, mad I will once in a while. too, especially since Christopher Hitchens died. They're not even witty anymore. They're not even good with their pen. Absolutely right. The book exactly. is Inside the Atheist Mind, Unmasking the Religion of Those Who Say There Is No God. The author is Anthony DeStefano. Anthony, thank you for being here. We'll have to have you back again. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's talk about International Day of Happiness. This is, the, it all ties in. It's all really nice providence, really nice coincidences. I, I see this on Twitter this morning. It's trending the International Day of Happiness. So what's the International Day of Happiness? Do, 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 do. Uh, the International Day of Happiness was founded five years ago by the United Nations. I know. I, it's, it's both very recent and founded by the UN. <laughs> I'm more than skeptical to say the least. So then I looked, according to a UN study, American happiness is at a 10-year low. Only the United Nations could be this tone-deaf and incompetent. They would, as they are figuring out that the entire world is unhappy, they'll say, okay, we'll be happy. Okay, now we'll be, are we happy? Let's all pretend we're happy and then it'll be fine. That's the, the United Nations in a nutshell. But it gets a lot worse. I mean, there are some really awful numbers that have come out. Young people are killing themselves. We talk about gun crime and gun homicides every year. Two-thirds of gun deaths, as they say, are middle-aged guys killing themselves. Very sad. Th that demographic is expanding. Suicides are expanding to different demographics. According to the CDC, youth suicide, specifically white children between the ages of 10 and 17, has skyrocketed 70% in 10 years. That is a huge increase. Uh, black children are far less likely than white children to kill themselves, but their number is actually now higher. The, the rate of uh, growth is higher, 77% higher uh, in just the last few years. Uh, suicide rate among teenage girls is way up. It's at a 40-year high now. Ben wrote a good piece just detailing this today and putting all the statistics together. There have been various explanations for why this is. Uh, they'll say the bad economy is the, you know, the 2007 financial crisis or the opioid epidemic or sexual frustration. But none of this explains it away because then those things pass and nevertheless, the, the rate keeps increasing. Also, we're, the economy is gangbusters right now. We're the most economically prosperous people in the history of the world. Uh, the opioid epidemic just simply does not uh, hasn't, hasn't been widespread or long enough to account for those numbers. And we're the most sexually inventive people ever there were. I don't think it's sexual frustration. There was a thought that uh, people felt bad that they had different sexual preferences and it was not accepted by society. Now the White House is painted in rainbow colors and the number just keeps going up. Uh, really what it is, is the perception of meaninglessness. This is how Jordan Peterson became a worldwide celebrity. Jordan Peterson is a soft-spoken psychologist who tells people that the world entails some suffering and also clean your rooms. He is treated as a prophet in the world because in some ways he is. He's one of the few people with the clarity or the courage to just say these basic facts of the world. People are starving for someone to tell them the unfashionable truth that they have suspected all along uh, but they've been bullied into pretending it isn't true, which is that life has meaning and humans have purpose. My point on this is that you can't just stop at Jordan's book. I do recommend it. I had a great time talking to him yesterday. You, you should read it, 12 Rules for Life. It's a good reminder that uh, until three, 400 years ago, we all understood human beings as having a purpose, a teleology, right? A, a telos for men. And uh, until very recently, we've uh, accepted the Christian 
undergirding of our civilization. Uh, you've got to go further than that though. I, I, there is a tendency, I think now, I, I told you, uh, uh, Jordan yesterday didn't want to, he didn't say why, well, you know, baptize me, Michael, get your toaster from the bishop every year in, you know, we did it. Uh, he wanted, he basically wrote a book about Jesus. He wrote a book, a really beautiful book about Jesus, but he was unwilling to, to make that a point and say, yes, I'm going to get down on my knees. Yes, this is what it is. He was almost there. Maybe it's, 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 he's clearly on the edge of it. Uh, Andrew Clavin has uh, find God in 60 days. That's a video that he had done. Uh, ben wears the yarmulke all the time. There is a step beyond just thinking about it. There is a step beyond saying, yes, well, I can intellectualize a way in which God could mean this and metaphor and metaphysical in, in Christ is the unity of heaven and earth, of the metaphor and the reality of the metaphysical and the physical. You got to do it. You've got to get down on your knees. You have to go to church. You have to clean your room. You can't just clean your room. You have to clean your spiritual room too. And that means going to church, going, praying, reading the Bible, going to confession perhaps, doing these things. This is why sacraments exist, is to bring together those two things, the intellectual and the physical, and put them together in one place on earth. There have been various heresies throughout the history of Christendom, which are Gnostic heresies. They say, oh, the physical doesn't matter. It's, we hate the physical. It's no good. Just the mind, that's all that matters. But that isn't true. We know that isn't true. We're people. We have bodies. We live in time and space. Before the West lost its mind in the 17th and 18th centuries, it was commonly understood that there is a unity of the virtues. The body is unified. There are plenty of heresies say, oh, just, you know, just think this, don't do this. The Albigensian heresy, the Gnostic heresy, New Age spirituality, the various Christian splinters that deny or suppress free will. You have free will. Use it. Do it. Don't just think about it. Do it. I don't know how much more. I want to shake you because it's International Day of Happiness. Be happy, damn it. Do something for yourself. Make yourself happy. Let's move on to Facebook. Facebook is getting killed right now. They are being raked over the coals for the data security scandal involving Cambridge Analytica. For those who have missed it, Cambridge Analytica is a data mining and data analysis company, and it hired a third-party firm, Global Science Research, that created a clicky personality quiz, prompting users to give them a bunch of their data as well as all of their friends' data. So it, this wasn't like some big hack. This wasn't the Russians and the Macedonian teenagers and the Russian Macedonian teenage robots or whatever. They just, there was a personality quiz. It was little, you know, the stupid apps on Facebook and people clicked it and they voluntarily gave them their data. The, the uh, firm got uh, user data for 50 million people. Uh, Facebook covered this up for two years. This didn't happen five minutes ago. It didn't happen even a year ago. Two years they covered it up. The FTC is now investigating. Facebook's stock price fell 8% yesterday. It's already fallen 5% this morning as of putting this together. It may have fallen more since then. Just yesterday's dip, just yesterday alone, shaved $40 billion from Facebook's market value. $40 billion, biggest single day decline in four years. And the worst part of it all, I don't care about your 401ks, I don't care about Facebook's uh, company dropping down into the gutter. The worst part is that I have to defend Facebook. I wish I didn't have to. I really wish I didn't have to. People, this is not Facebook's fault. This is not Cambridge Analytica's fault. It's not global science research's fault. It's not the Macedonian teenager's fault. You put your data there. You put your data up there. You clicked on that stupid personality quiz so that you could say, I'm an EPLJP and this, doesn't that make me special? And which ones are you? You did it. This is what freedom looks like. 
you, we can't control your whole lives. You can't rely on the government to control your whole life. You chose to put your data out there. Now advertisers have your data. Tough. Democrats are only freaking out about this because it's connected to Donald Trump. Here's how it's connected to Trump. Apparently the Republican donor, Robert Mercer, invested in this company uh, on the advice of Steve Bannon. Uh, So they were sort of involved getting some data, whatever. Democrats do this sort of thing all the time. Do you remember when Barack Obama was the digital candidate? He had the best data mining digital operation. It was so cool and cutting edge and admirable. Wow, he's so, wow, he's so cool. Then Republicans do it and it's nefarious. They do, they do the same thing, but it's, that's bad. Why is it bad? I don't know. It just is because of the data and privacy. What, 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 and the other guy, no, no, that was cool. That was cool. That's bad. Cool, bad. That's how it works. Absolutely not. You put your stuff up there. You should never put anything on the internet that you would be un, uh, unwilling to see on the cover of the New York Times, or I guess on the cover of the Daily Wire, because no one reads the New York Times anymore. So anything that you would not like to be public, you shouldn't put on the internet. The internet is public and the internet is forever. Use your freedom. Uh, uh, you know, I'm sorry that our guys used it this time. I'm sorry that our guys were better at the internet and we used the internet to beat you. I know that's, it's really hard and everything, but tough, sad. To quote a great man, sad. Uh, finally, we got to hit in the last few minutes, we got to hit Google, Google and Facebook. Here we are. Google has declared war on conservatives. So, uh, Google is now spending $300 million. It has announced over the next three years to fight fake news. Le fake news, c'est moi. C'est moi. You're looking at fake news, baby. This is what they mean when they say fake news. They're going to be attacking what it considers to be fake news, and that's us. They're already doing it. When you search for Daily Wire articles, what pops up, you see the Daily Wire, and then it pops up with all these left-wing fact-checker websites. But they're not fact-checker websites. They're left-wing opinion columns. Uh, When you search for left-wing outlets, that doesn't happen. When you search for left-wing outlets, you get the left-wing outlet you're searching for. When you search for us, you get left-wing websites that are trying to convince you not to click on our website. They've been doing this for a while. They've been ramping it up. They've been demonetizing our videos on YouTube. They've been hitting conservatives way harder than they've hit lefties, if they've hit lefties at all. And now they're going to be gunning after us even more, $300 million, basically just to take us down. what one other thing they're going to be investing the money in is making it easier to subscribe to the New York Times and the Financial Times, two very left-wing papers. I kid you not. They are going to try to block places like the Daily Wire. They are going to try to make it easier to subscribe to left-wing news websites. They have lost their minds. They've lost their minds because we are better at the internet. They were so upset. They thought they were going to be better at the internet. It would have been all okay if they were just better at the internet, but they're not. We We were funnier on the internet. We used the internet to crack the monopoly, the media monopoly of lefties and Democrats, the mainstream media monopoly that just wouldn't air us, that wouldn't air our views, that would selectively edit our interviews. We used it to break right through them and they are out for blood. They are out for revenge. They're very angry and it's not going to stop. There has to be some uh, alternative here. And you're, and it, it is going to make strange bedfellows. Let me tell you, you are going to see conservatives calling for regulation, not special regulation, not unfair regulation, but fairly applied rules to publishers who pretend that they're not publishers. It is going to be really nasty, but this is where the fight is. All of the information on the internet goes through these guys. The vast, vast preponderance of news and political information goes through these guys. We cannot give it up. We cannot cede it to them. 
that this fight is only beginning now. It is only going to get worse. Gird yourselves, but be happy about it because it's International Day of Happiness. Uh, okay, that's our show today. Make sure you get your mailbag questions in. We will be uh, doing all of that. We got some more good guests for you, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to, I want there to be a surprise. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire Forward Publishing production. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Alex Zingaro. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Overa. Copyright Forward Publishing 2018.